0: Welcome to the 30 to Life Podcast, where we break stereotypes, build legacies, and help others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in
1: the world, brown. It's your regular neighborhood guy, Cooley.
0: Welcome guys, we're back. It's the 30 to Life Podcast, redefining the black experience. We back to tackle, I mean, really just to tackle this election to talk about the presidential debate, to talk about Jared Kushner, to talk about Chelsea Chelsea Handler, to talk about the 94 crime bill, to talk about the Lift Every Voice plan, which is really the Black agenda, to talk about Ice Cube's contract with Black America, and to talk about the Platinum plan, because you know we love Platinum as Black people. And this episode is gonna be really direct and straight to the point. We're not holding any bars Uh, or any punches. It's very important that Black people go above and beyond to make sure that our interests are always first. It's B1, Blacks first. So with that, I have to make sure I check in with the favorite color and the neighborhood guy, Cooley and Brown. What's up, guys? Nothing much. I
2: am awesome sauce. Just super excited to talk about this stuff, have high level conversations and just to keep it real. We want to enlighten. We want to give you some some information that that we don't necessarily want to sway your vote, but we just want you to have all the all the info. The real
1: raw, real raw, real deal.
2: And and I'm looking forward to it. And Cooley, what's going on, man?
1: How you doing, brother? you know, just being being black, being excellent, being great. Like you said, we're just trying to let our listeners know what's, what's the deal. Let's, We're trying to show you what the media is not really showing you
0: and try to give you some real viewpoints. Speaking of <laughs> what you actually said... <laughs> All right, back up. <laughs> Cooley, you said something about the media, but I don't want to go there yet. I heard that you actually... Voted already? Tell us about that experience real quick. I did. So you know, did you vote for Trump? Because I won't judge you if you did. I live in Florida. That should tell you.
2: Black Twitter will. <laughs> black Twitter will judge you.
1: Man, you do know what I you know what I say to Black Twitter. Nah, I ain't messing with them. I like my wife. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Yo, do not let the mob you. convert you.
1: Messing around, Black Twitter be, be at my house. No way. But no, me, me and the, me and the lady we voted early there's something good for the community. So, I really don't want to discuss who I voted for because, you know.
2: Eh. But you don't yeah. want to discuss who you voted for? This is 32 you know? Life podcast.
0: Yeah, you got to be transparent. If you want to drop we're redefining the black experience you. here. You do have. First of um, all, you. Can't I'm think. going back. I'm reading. I'm
1: redefining what my voting, my vote means. Mind your business. <laughs> uh,
0: just to let you know, Cooley has on a red shirt. I don't know if it says MAGA on it, but or MAGA voted, whatever you want to call it. I but. voted. For, I voted for Kanye.
1: I like his first album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> College dropout. No more. Okay, but anyway, guys, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I want to talk about is. Uh, Trump's son-in-law, senior advisor to Trump, he said a comment, we've seen in a lot of the the black community, which is mostly Democrat, is that uh, President Trump's policies are the policies that can help people break out of the problems that they're complaining about, but he can't want them to be successful more than they want to be successful. And what you're seeing throughout the country now is a groundswell of support in the black community because they're realizing that all the different bad things that the media and the Democrats have said about President Trump are not true. And so they're seeing that he's actually uh, delivered, he's put up results, and a lot of people want to get on board to start working with President Trump because they know that, you know, unlike most politicians who have been in Washington for decades, who talk and uh, I heard he said that black people don't want to be successful. What do you think about that? And kind of, kind of um, discuss the media portrayal of what actually happened. I don't think this was a racist comment. It, I
2: think it was a factual statement. You know, I think that this is a country in which you can succeed if you make the right moves and learn how to make the right moves. I'm not saying that everybody has the opportunity to do so. What I'm saying is that you have, that technically everyone has the opportunity to do so. However, you know, you might have a different situation and everybody's situation is different and you grow differently, whatever. But what I'm trying to get to, point, get to, get to the point of saying is that this was totally blown out of context in my humble opinion.
1: Uh, I agree with you. However, I, reg- I agree with you, but how, however, I don't think it was racist, but I do think it was ignorant per se, in a way, because you can't l- lump a whole group of people because of a few. I think that part where he said the entire community don't wanna, doesn't want to be successful is basically judging everybody in that one thing. So I think it was ignorant, not racist.
0: And I guess I kind of disagree with, with that, but I do understand the point of it being insensitive or, or or where we are today as a society, people can get over uh over I guess sensitive in terms of um, Reacts to certain things. But if you actually listen to the whole interview, you could understand the context of it in terms of Democrats not wanting to work with Trump and, you know, just complaining. And, you know, I think it's very important that we judge less on what people are saying and more on what their actions are actually um, and what solutions they have versus than just complaining. So, um, you know, cause I was already, I was outraged when I said it I'm like, I'm like, like they they don't care about black people like I already started having those emotions and then when I actually read the interview it kind of the context it was taken out of context and I understand exactly what it was trying to say but if you don't actually listen or watch uh Fox News you're not even going to get to that point of watching it because that's where it's uh located right now at this point and I doubt that any other uh news stations are going to pick up this this interview. Yeah, and make sure you go in and check out that clip if you are upset or you have seen it on Twitter. I think it's important that you are always informed. But I also want to talk about another clip that that 50 Cent actually posted and it was with I believe um, uh, one of the late night shows as well. Um 50 Cent on on actually on Instagram talked about uh, he can't vote for Biden because he's trying to uh raise taxes 62%. It's actually lower, I believe it's 52%, but uh essentially he was saying taxes are going to be too high, I can't vote for him. And there was outrage with it. They were saying it's another black man that uh is going to vote for Trump. So Chelsea Handler, which is a uh comedian, uh had a talk show, uh has stand-up specials, etc. uh said to 50 Cent that he can't vote for Trump because he is a black man. And they used the date as well, just uh, for additional information. But she said exactly verbatim, you can't vote for Donald Trump because you're a black man. And I just want to get your guys' opinions. How do you feel about that?
2: Now, see, now that was racist. Um, that was not only an insult to his intelligence, I think it was an insult to black people everywhere, um, because, like we said on previous shows, we are intelligent enough to look at the facts, to read the facts, to listen to to, 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 the, to the clips to to come up with our own understandings and our own opinions about what 's going on in the world, and then make an intelligent decision to to vote for whoever we feel or see fit that can do the job so that is just another clear case of white people thinking that they are smarter than black people.
1: And it's totally offensive. One, I think it wasn't racist. She's a comedian. However, I think she felt comfortable enough to say that because she dated him. A lot of black people also probably would felt that way too. If a black person said that it'd be like, ha 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 ha. So I think she was coming as far as the, the comfort level. I date him so I can say that. And she's a comedian. She might not have meant anything really racist by that. However, I see your point on Brown. But I think as a comedian, she was trying to make a joke. Because that's what she does.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess I, I see a point, Cooley, because uh, one, I don't want to be a part of the mob that um, are trying to take the license for comedians to be funny or, or say uh, jokes regarding, you know, any race or any uh, sexuality or any uh, gender. So I I can get that uh, because she's a comedian and we should, you know, look at it through that lens uh, first. Uh, but at the same time, um you know, as her being a white woman, you know it, it still is a fine line, And, and was the joke actually funny? Um, I mean, that's also something that we have to uh, take with 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 comedy uh, as well, because I think she was actually serious about it, because she is very vocal in terms of politics right now, and, and it wasn't a part of her stand-up. So you know, uh, there's a balance with that.
1: But with that being said, if you looked at the social media, a lot of other people were were saying that. She was just taken from what was said. I mean, I'm not agreeing with her. I'm just saying that was what she was saying was just what other people were saying as well.
0: Yeah, so I want to switch gears and and go to uh, the presidential debate. (laughs) Uh, It was uh, the last debate, and it was definitely... Uh, different than what expectations were with the debate. So how did you guys feel about the debate? What were some points that stood out to you? Did Trump or Biden win? <laughs> so so first of all, I will say that
2: I'm not a Trump fan, but I believe that Trump won that, that debate. I feel like Trump was the aggressive one, um, but the aggressiveness was so apparent. I, I just felt like Biden wasn't confident at all. Um, I don't think he was looking into the camera as much. He kept looking down. Um, he didn't seem confident in his speech at all. Um, there were times where I do, I do think his nervousness got the best of him. And, you know, all that played a role into like, do you think this person can can run the fucking country? Um To be answered. To to, to be honest, I don't think he can. That's not to say I think Trump is the savior either. I think Trump is is horrible for the country, and I will say that this is another reason why I am totally against a two party system because we are forced to fucking literally choose the lesser of two evils here, guys. Like, like what? Like this? This is not. This is not. These aren't good options at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I actually disagree with you, Brown. I feel that uh, Trump did. I feel that Trump's expectations were so low that it appeared that he did much better. But he was so horrible his first time that his improvement just was a, 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 a stark difference. So, so I think he won. I think Joe Biden won the debate by far. Uh, Trump did better, but Trump uh, didn't change any narratives, didn't change anything. I thought Biden was strong in terms of trying to unify the two parties. I think uh, Biden was strong in terms of just talking to the American people uh, and and really had, I mean, mean, he had the politician talking points. He talked about um, we have to... uh, make sure that we have we don't have another American die from COVID. I mean, he was really focused on making sure that America comes back, but we're not going to have as many casualties uh, as well. And uh, he didn't have many gaps. I mean, people talked about that a lot. I mean, this one, he was really um, uh, performed better in terms of losing uh, or not understanding what he actually was saying. So that's my points. Yeah, one of the biggest things that were in
1: that, That debate was about race, race relations. And towards the end, you heard your boy Trump say he's the least racist in that whole building. And that was sickening to me because the word least doesn't mean you're not. That's very scary for our current president to say he's the least racist and not denounce denounce that he's a racist.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um he I, I didn't even think about that because, I mean the statement was actually I was just so shocked that he actually made the statement, you know, being that the the, the moderator was black and was well, she black and native American, um, which is synonymous and some people say it's synonymous, you know, not who agree. But anyway, um we're gonna say she's black and Native American and um, you know, to say that you're least racist than a black and a native american person is a pretty bold motherfucking statement to make you know and um it's it's just insane but did y'all hear about or even learn about the 94 crime bill can can we, can we
1: can we can we go into that yeah before we even go into that i like how trump one thing i did like about what trump said was to ask Biden And the 47 years that he's been a politician, what has he done for black people? And guess what? That's one of the things he's done.
0: The 94 crime bill. And I don't know if you guys actually saw um, when he actually was on the Senate floor and he uh, really talked about the crime bill and why it should pass. I mean, it really uh, illustrated and and, and showed us exactly how Trump feels about crime. How does he feel about... um, black people and Hispanic people and uh, in the effort that he took to get this bill passed. And he was really dispelling the myth that Democrats are not tough on crime.
2: So it's funny. um, We actually looked at it as a group, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The other day. And uh, it was, it was so interesting to, to, to just hear Biden in that, that, that light so, yeah, so during this bill presentation, right he he went in and he just he he sounded good, guys, he sounded amazing and and he he didn't he didn't sound unsure of himself at all, so to see him now and to see how passionate he was, then he doesn't have that same passion now, and this was just more of a confirmation for me to to just say like. I'm just gonna keep it real. How can we prove that Joe Biden is not racist himself? Now, if you have not read about that 94 crime bill or have not listened to him perform the presentation for the 94 crime bill, then please don't speak on this. But if you have, then how can you honestly say Trump is more racist than Biden? Because in my personal opinion, that mofo sounds like a racist <laughs> redneck when he's when he's giving that speech.
1: 100%. If you look at that, that speech and you compare it to Trump's speech about Mexicans, it's pretty much the same rhetoric, however, just about different people. The crime bill, when he's speaking about it, he said that he doesn't care what people been through, lock them up, to pretty much say it. And it's scary to know that people that going to be maybe our future president felt a, felt that way about us in 94 how you know he doesn't still feel this way just because you do something wrong and you try to patch it up there's still cracks in the system it's still going to be broke so that's really scary
0: yeah and 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 when we think about the crime bill i mean they were minor and major crime bills that were passed uh, in the 80s. Uh, Joe Biden was on every one of those in terms of he voted for those. Um, And also, I mean, the crime bill, when we think about it, you know, they had hundreds, 100,000 cops added. Um, It allowed states to give uh, really uh, tougher uh, criminal sentences. It also incentivized them to build more prisons. I mean, if you watch the C-SPAN uh, video, um, things that stood out to me with it was uh, he wanted to take back the streets. He didn't care how they got there or what they lost or what were their circumstances. And he wanted to make sure we take them out of society. And he did use the term predators, um, even though he denies multiple times saying that he he did say that. And for me, I just when I this is my it was my first time watching the video. It just made me be like, why haven't this been shown by anyone, and why, um, if he feels on the debate, he said they feel that it was a mistake. Why didn't he do anything about it over the last twenty six years? Um, so we have to think about that. If it's a mistake, you have to fix your mistakes. I don't care about. I'm sorry. I'm not one of those person, uh, people that need to hear. I'm sorry, and just forget it. I need you. I need to see change. So, so, so I totally agree with you. But
2: so we had we had the '80s crack epidemic, right? Which did what? That what? So that that lasted Broke from the family. '80s. That that lasted from the '80s to the '90s, right? Yes. Broke up families. We had you had bunch of bunch of us black people strung out on crack, right? They're getting arrested for this in the 90s. Now they're getting arrested for these for these small crimes, marijuana, crack, uh 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 just all types of 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 crimes that people who are systemically oppressed do. Now you have more of this going on in the 90s. This crime bill which was Enacted and and created and and steamlined by Joe Biden in the nineties under Bill Clinton Democrat millions of us locked up modern day form of slavery in the form of private jail systems Thirteenth Amendment <laughs> like like this is this is all connected people and I I, I just. Again, I just want to reiterate that this is not us perpetuating any Trump propaganda at all. We don't like Trump at all, but we also don't like Biden. Well, I want to say I don't like him. I don't like Trump, nor I don't like Biden either. And Biden is not your savior. If you just go to that 94 crime bill and just go through
0: it, you will see why we're saying what we're saying right now. Yeah, and the problem that... I have with the 94 crime bill It's just like he said it like I would just repeat this he said it was wrong but why hasn't he done anything to fix it you know who has a claim to actually do something about criminal justice reform Trump <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so it's tough I mean it's tough to like you know say this out loud um but it, it's it's like truth right um and we don't care about the feelings. We don't care about the emotions. We need the facts so we can make objective, rational decisions about our future. And when, also, when you look at this crime bill um, video on C-SPAN, Brown, you mentioned you know, he could articulate well. Uh, there was very minimal uh, stuttering. And you know he was concise with his points. Yeah, he was concise with his points. But today, I mean, he's just shallow of his former self and he confuses, you know, people with his wife. He says the wrong words. He, he just recently said something about uh, George Bush as his opponent. Um, so he's constantly having this now. and It's like if he's deteriorating, that means that we have to realize that he's not going to be his best on that platform. And most time when people get older and they get uh, start uh, losing their mental capacity, they start going back to who they were originally as a person. <laughs> so that's what I think. I'm like, Oh, he's going to, he's going back to who he was as a core, as a person. And I'm, I'm nervous to see who that person is. I just feel like he was able to
2: sneak in there with the black community because he was the vice president under a black president, Obama. Um, so I just feel like that was a way for, that was a way for him to kind of get his way into the hearts of the black community. Um, and It was, it was, it was a good move. (laughs) It was a good move. I mean, when when you think about it, because in reality, when you go back to that 94 crime bill, he did so much to the black community. Like he is the reason why the black, like he contributed so much to the black community's wealth, educational gap uh uh wealth gap or all the types of gaps <laughs> like he like he contributed to all that and now we want to elect him as our president of the united states like he's
1: oh man y'all this is deep but but he but supposedly he has a black agenda with Lift every voice how do you guys feel about, well speaking of that how do you guys feel about all the well between the platinum plan and Lift every voice how do you guys feel about those the names of themselves, like, like like like, did they
2: get black people to actually mm-hmm. <laughs> decide what the the title was going to be? Like what? Like I, to me, I think the the, the titles are just a little a little yeah. racist. Like yeah. platinum, platinum plan, the platinum <laughs> plan, lift every Brilliant. voice, like like what? Like, like no, just call it the black, black agenda. Well, yeah, I, I don't know something like, simple and plain,
1: straight to the point. Why has it? Like why do you have to pander to black people talking about? platinum plan are lift every
0: voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's, I guess let's start with the one that was this shortest, <laughs> which was Trump's <laughs> uh, platinum plan. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bold talking points, uh, so I'm just going to go over it at a high level. Um, so the platinum plan is talks about four pillars. One is opportunity, security, prosperity, and fairness. Uh, some of the high talking points is basically $500 billion uh, to the Black community in terms of access to capital. talks about $3 million New jobs. He talks about um, 500 uh, new black-owned businesses. He talks about uh, committing to the second step act, which builds upon the first uh, step act. Uh, he talks about uh, immigration policy that protect American jobs, and uh, a lot of other things he talked about in terms of healthcare, historical disparities, uh, better education and job training. But this is all the plan, which is these just these talking points, and it's 500 billion. What do y'all guys think about this? Yeah, you, the key word you kept saying was talk about it.
1: There's no actionable things that's going to happen. I think that it's just fake promises like they've been doing it to us for years. There's no, no meat behind the bones of anything that Trump has put out. Yes, he said he's going to give more jobs, but how? He's not saying how he's going to do this. He's going to give $500 billion for this. How?
0: So, question that was that was Biden's plan or Trump plan? You just Trump it. platinum plan. It's Trump platinum. Platinum likes platinum. You know he likes that platinum bling bling.
2: Yeah, I, I would have to agree with Cooley. It, he, there was no, there was it was just a plan. There was there was no action. There was no plan of how the actual plan is going to go into effect. So.
0: Yeah, so so I'll I'll transition into the Biden plan, uh, which is called Lift Every Voice, and some of his main uh, agenda or talking points is really just to advance the economic mobility of Black people, uh, close the wealth gap uh, and income gaps, uh, strengthening America's commitment to justice, criminal justice reform, um, and address environmental justice and uh, protection of the right to vote for African-Americans. So he talked about a couple things in here. He talked about uh, state uh, small business credit initiative. He talked about um, really uh, new markets tax credits. And this is really going to be used in terms of investing in the community. Uh, He talked about uh, really small businesses as a whole. He talked about uh, a budget for minority-owned businesses. He talked about uh, when it comes to COVID-19, which is a big point to make sure that black people uh, or black businesses make sure they get uh, PPP, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, which was big earlier in the year for businesses who uh, were losing uh, revenue because everyone's home Mm -hmm. and uh, really allowed them to get these loans, which uh, if it was used correctly, uh, was basically grants became grants to keep the business floated, uh, 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 keep the business alive until you know whenever this uh passed through and 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 if you look at the studies a lot of black people did not receive black businesses did not receive this funding so he talked about things like of that nature um he talked about fair housing uh uh, as well uh, making sure that there's a first time uh home credit uh, of fifteen thousand for families uh he talked about criminal justice reform i mean there's a lot in here um So what do you guys think about it? Or as you went through it, what are your thoughts?
2: So as you, as you were going through it, my thoughts were completely different as you were going through it. And then having the understanding of the 94 crime bill, I feel like he is trying to, or attempting to undo the damage that he did. Um, However, it's impossible to do so. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to do so. I mean it sounds nice, um but most of the you know most you know, when, when you say create more jobs. I mean I know both of them say you know create more jobs, but you know there's one thing to create a job and then there's one thing to create jobs that are able to support their living, you know. There are there are so many people that have jobs but they're living in a car, you know. Or, or their standard of living is still subpar, you know. So when, when, when they say create more jobs, you know that that doesn't excite me at all. Um, I think the main issue is why I want to talk about the, the ice cube joint, the ice cube plan, is because I feel like that plan specifically delineates a a, a plan for educational system, and really, I think that's what we need to get. And it drilled in our heads, like having a, a different educational system or equitable educational system is, is, is key. Like if we can just start there, like because when you have uh, uh, white towns, let's just, let's just keep it real. When you have white towns with all this educational funding versus these black towns who, who don't have the educational funding, in the long run, with our capitalistic society, who's going to be on top? The white students obviously right because they've had more invested into their education so let's make the educational systems equitable and let's just start from there
0: so so back to Biden's, Biden's plan um, you know there's a lot of uh, good talking points on there um, the only problem that I had with it is that it's really focused on minorities or uh, or what we call uh, diversity or people of color and it's not a lot of the talking points are not specific specific for just black people. So I think it's, this plan is very uh, uh, extensive, uh, very detailed, but it's not something that only black people can actually take a hold of. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't classify this directly as a black agenda, but I think it's a minority agenda. That's how I would classify it. What do you guys, any additional comments? I mean, I th- I, th- I still think that, you know, it's important
2: to to highlight that, The primary objective is for Black people, though, in the agenda, Uh, just because, you know, when you think about it, let's just keep it real. And this is also for the person who's wondering, like, why do do Black people have to have an agenda? Well, we need an agenda because we have been disenfranchised in this country economically. And um, it's about $13 trillion in back pay, if you consider from... If you consider from from slavery time to, to present day, it would be thirteen trillion dollars of back pay. This country, it would be impossibly have been built if it had not been for the sweat, the tears, the labor of African Americans, slaves, brought to this country.
0: Um, it would it would have been possible. So one thing that you guys will notice from both plans is that there's no mention of reparations. Mm. It's not in Trump's. It's not in Biden's. So we know that those are two things that they're not considering. Uh, Biden has stated in interviews that he would uh, consider signing or enacting HR 40, which is the commission to study and develop proposal for African-American reparations, but neither of them had that in there. So that's one thing that we have to, uh really think about where where both democratic and republicans are not interested in at this time. So, so the two parties that we only have to choose
2: from. We don't have any other options besides those two parties. And you know, and that's the problem. So we if we're saying hey, we calculated, you know, we know you could take all your mathematicians and we can both we can get some calculations going. But let's just say it is $13 trillion. Now that you know that as a black American right now, you're sitting in your, in your car right now, you're at home, you're listening to your life podcast, and now you have learned that you are owed $13 trillion in reparations. We are owed $13 trillion. Now, what party is going to give that to us? It shouldn't matter if the Republican Party gives it to us first. It shouldn't matter if it's a Democratic Party gives it. Whoever gives it to us, that's where we are going. That's all I got to say on it.
1: <laughs> exactly, it goes back to who's going to do the, who's going to do more for you. Why does it have to be? We have to go always Democrat if, when they haven't did anything for us in how many years?
0: Yeah. So speaking of going with, neither, I mean, either party deciding on it. Um, Ice Cube, um, actor, rapper, uh, and I guess now he's an activist, uh, came up with the contract with Black America. And he worked on this with experts uh, in terms of economists. Uh, he worked with Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, if you haven't read his book, uh, Poweronomics, make sure you check that out. But he, he met with people who were already had foot on the ground he came up with a contract with black America and just to talk about some things at a high level. um, It talked about bank lending reform and talked about uh, giving a thousand dollar contribution to uh, children at birth in a trust account. He talked about uh, prison reform, judicial reform. He talked about uh, police reform and he talked about education and jobs and uh, One of the last things that was really, I thought was really profound and and something that we have to consider is the black responsibility uh, at the end of the actual contract. Um, And I thought that was great in terms of making sure that, you know, the change starts with us. And if our government, you know, meets us a step or two while we're, you know, improving our own situation, even better. There's a cherry on the top. But what did y'all guys think of the contract with America Ice Cube actually got in some trouble, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later.
2: I honestly think it was very robust. I thought I was actually amazed by it. it. Was a lot of the thoughts that we kind of say on this show, um, but it, it, it put a, it, put a plan behind it, mm-hmm. and th- I thought that was pretty cool. So if you have not seen it or read it, go do so now. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, second thing, I, I I applaud Ice Cube for this. You know, um, I feel like he he had the opportunity. And And he went for it, and he, and he looked at the bigger picture. He wasn't subdued by this mob culture we have that 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 doesn't um, uh, that doesn't really accept free thinking or just thinking and critical thinking in general. Uh, it's, it's, it's just sad that we have this, this this mob culture out here right now.
1: You're 100 percent right, Brown. People were mad at him for talking to to Trump or Trump's um, office, but they didn't look at the these steps and these plans. When you actually go and read it, you'll see things in there like justice reform, police reform. They think talk about things like the KKK should be a terrorist group. They, they, he's really making a change, regardless if Trump's get in. Guess what? This plan is going to be put into action. So that's why he's talking to these people. If you when, when you decide to Read this you're going to see it. it's amazing it has it has steps and measurements to better us
0: yeah so 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 um just in case anyone didn't you know been living in a cave or hasn't been on social media, ice cube put this together he uh, promoted it on every radio show possible uh in terms of uh black uh uh, media. He he came on CNN. He he came on uh, different news outlets and really talked about this contract. He actually went to, uh, actually had Democratic Party and the Republican Party reach out to them. Republicans said, let's talk after the election. And uh, Trump administration, or representative for Trump, uh, wanted to actually meet and talk about the plan to incorporate some of it in terms of their black agenda and you know reports are that they met for a couple of hours and they went through it and 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 they updated the plan the platinum plan so you know one thing that trump said is is it not democratic or republican like both of the parties need to be making sure that they you know do what's right for black america And this is why he put together this contract and, you know, he's not trying to be a politician. He's not trying to play any games. Uh, He's really trying to make sure that, you know, it's really black first, you know, regardless of your gender, regardless of your, um, your sex, uh, your sexuality or your sexual orientation. Um, it's more of being black first and making sure that our gender is across the board, um, so that we can make progress as a people, Uh, so yeah. So, and people were outraged because he met with the Republican party to, to kind of go over this plan, but he said, he's not playing no political games. His goal is to get this out of here. And he said, one thing he asked was like, what will you do if Trump is reelected? You're just going to, you're just going to bet everything on Biden and wait another four years. We don't have time to wait. When you look at the wealth gap, when you look at the income gap, when you look at our home ownership, when you look at the levels of uh, uh, black people that are incarcerated, you know, with 13.4% of the population, but it's over 40% of black people. And that's how we came. I mean, us personally, that's how we came to name 30 to life to redefine, you know, incarceration and the term 30 to life where 30 to life means to us, you know, the best time of your life, marriage, kids, you know, uh, growing your wealth, uh, uh, building your legacy and then helping others along the way. So, you know, if it's it really important for us to redefine the, the black experience and this contract with black America addresses the points that we've been talking about, as you mentioned Brown. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening
2: to another great episode of the 30 to Life podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to creating more laughs and high-level conversations for your listening ears. Tune in next week and don't forget to subscribe to our show. We are on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks once again. This is coming from your favorite color in the world, brown.